Coming up on this episode of The Wheelhouse, uncovering the silver linings in one of the most unforgettable school years ever. Join me and my guest, Candace Fowler, principal of Hollis Upper Elementary School in Hollis, New Hampshire. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and this is The Wheelhouse. In this season of our podcast, we'll mix interviews and conversations with in-depth thinking around our three foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership, superior instruction, and powerful student care. You know, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student how incredibly distinctive and irreplaceable his or her life is. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. In today's episode of The Wheelhouse, Candy Fowler returns to The Wheelhouse. You may recall a couple of earlier episodes where Candy Fowler and I had a great conversation, and she returns today to talk to me about uncovering and exploring the silver linings to what an incredible school year. Candace Fowler is the principal of Hollis Upper Elementary School in Hollis, New Hampshire. This is a fourth through sixth grade building with approximately 283 students. Candace has just completed her 13th year as principal and her 18th year in the district. Prior to being a principal, she taught preschool, kindergarten, first and second grade teacher. She's been a special education teacher special education coordinator, and assistant principal. She also consults nationally and internationally and is a professional learning consultant for NWEA. I am delighted to welcome Candy Fowler back to the wheelhouse. Woohoo! It is great to see you. I am so excited to be back and, and a whole year later, it feels like a whole school year at least. Absolutely, which is, of course, exactly what we're going to talk about, right? Which is, let's catch up from when you were last here and big lessons learned as you are closing out your school year and we'll kind of forecast to, uh, to, the, to the new year, right? So how did it go? How did it play out? Oh my goodness, you know, having a chance to just reflect and and having the time in your schedule with your staff to say, hey, what worked? What are those little silver linings that we're going to take with us as we go into the next year and into the summer? And, and I was really surprised by what I found from my staff and, and thinking about that. You know, we were, we were scared at the beginning of the year, right? Remember if everyone can rewind their minds back to August when we were starting in September, we really didn't know what the virus was going to do. We really sort of thought there was going to be a vaccine, but we weren't really sure. We we're getting lots of mixed messages. And there was just a lot of unsettledness. Isn't that, isn't that amazing that it lasted 15 months, oh. right? That we, we did one part of a school year and an entire school year uh, under just absolutely uh, crazy pandemic conditions, just wild. I feel like every educator in America has bragging rights now. Like instead of saying, oh, I walked uphill both ways to school, like our grandfathers used to say. In the, in the winter. In the winter. 
Now we can say, look, that's nothing. I taught during a pandemic with mass and physical distancing and no small group, right? And, and so I think we get bragging rights for a very long time because we've successfully done it. So you just have um, done a, like a reflecting session with your staff, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that go? We just finished yesterday. And so it went really well. And, and the question I pose that maybe some of you might want to think about is, what are the things that went really well that we want to keep going next year that we might not have done had we not been pushed by a pandemic? You know, Interesting one, question. Right? One of my things is, We've had a promotion ceremony every year for sixth graders. It's the end of their elementary school and they're going to middle school. We know it's not a graduation. We know it's not a, but it's just a little marker. And we've never once thought about streaming it live. We've had streaming technology for a long time. Yes, we have. And this year we decided to stream it because we still had families who were worried about coming to an outside physically distanced ceremony. And I thought, why have we never done this before? We are definitely keeping that, right? Yeah. Pieces like that. Um, I asked my teachers to reflect and the silver linings that they found was this. Their kids said to them, these are my sixth graders. We actually now know what it means when our parents say make new friends. Because in the past, we've always been placed in classrooms where we've had friends. And if we didn't have a friend, we could mix up at recess and lunch and and find our friends that we had from previous grades. But this year, because of potting, we couldn't do that. You stayed with your class. You didn't mix up at recess. You didn't mix up at lunch. There was no opportunity for that except outside of school. And so they really had to actually make new friends in their classrooms. And I thought, that's really insightful. For those sixth graders and and that's going to be a skill that they can use for the rest of their lives yeah i mean talk about uh, an important skill for a lifetime right we are always thrust into new situations where we have to we have to find our way and, and make new connections you know i i absolutely reject that it's been a lost year i think kids have learned so much this year, it's just stuff that doesn't always get measured on a test. Mm-mm. No, it doesn't. You know, and thinking about that, Google Classroom use, right? We, that's been around for a very long time as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and underutilized. And, and our students said, we really loved Google Classroom. It helped us stay much more organized. Isn't that what we want as, as teachers everywhere? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we know what a struggle it is sometimes for us as adults to kind of keep it all together and, and remember where things are and what we're doing next and what's, and so for students who are just learning this skill, having that scaffolding is great, you know, Absolutely. I don't think we'll ever go back to not using that in some shape or form, you know. I mean, what an incredible tool. I mean, I remember, of course, I taught a long time ago before those things were, were out there, right? And, I, you know, and it's just like, what an easy way to, to keep kids connected when they're sick, right? When they need to miss class. I remember all of the bins and folders and all this stuff that I was always constantly organizing for the kids who were absent. And I thought, we'd never have to do that. Just We don't. We don't. Post it in Google Classroom, and there it is. They can actually get it while they're homesick. <laughs> right. Especially if they're not super sick, right? You just feel exactly. like yeah. 
Um, and I agree as a kindergarten teacher myself in a first and second grade, it'd be like, who missed what day, which bin, is that bin? <laughs> who did I get that from a student? Right. And now it can be all organized for you as the teacher. Yes. I love that. We learned how to use Google forms for taking assessments, just a few, you know, quick check-ins, just things that might've been something that, you know, you could do a quick check for. And so that was another piece. I think teachers will not go back in and say, hey, we're not going to use that anymore. Just another piece to keep the puzzle going for us. You know, as, as teachers were reflecting on it, what they found is they've never actually had to rely on their colleagues as much as they did this year. Yeah. And I think that those bonds are strong stronger now than they were in any other school year. They had to help each other out when COVID hit their families and they needed coverage or they needed to lean on their, you know, grade level friends to say, I, I need some help in my Google classroom, or I need to do this. Or we found daycare issues as well. If, if, a, you know, the kids got exposed to COVID, you couldn't come in as a teacher. So how did we make that happen? Well, we zoomed into the classroom and taught from our Eno boards while we had our colleagues in the classroom watching students. So just some amazing things that make you think, wow, do we have to go back to the way we were? Well, and I hope we don't, right? I hope that we, you know, not only in school, but in society, I hope we've learned a few valuable lessons, right? That we can, that we can take with us. Mm -hmm. I hope it doesn't become a let's return to normal because I think we have to build a new normal. I agree. You know, even just the fact that when we can have, committee meetings on Zoom. Like there are six different buildings in our district and we all have to travel. And I know it's not long. It's maybe 10 minutes for one person, but trying to get out of your building, you know, those lat, do I have everything in my car and going to one spot? We found that we could be just as productive on a Zoom meeting with all of us administrators. And then if something happened in the building, we're right there to zip out and help and take care of it. I hope we never, right, go back to, I have to go to a central office and be away from my building. And chances are maybe nothing will happen when I'm gone, but there could be something that happens. What, what an incredible time saver, right, to do that. And, you know, I know a couple of my districts, even when you could come together as a staff, they still did meetings you know, that were after school, they're like, no, we're still going to do it from Zoom. So if you want to go home, go home. And, you know, we'll see you. This is what time it starts. And so you don't have to stay at school. Go ahead and go home. And you know what I think was really amazing, too, is I had a few um, teachers who had conflicts because their child had soccer or basketball. They could Zoom from their phones and still be with their children. And they're they're not going to not pay attention. They're, they're valuable input from them, even if they're not in the same room. So I think we need to all think about what are those silver linings? What are we going to find out? And, and I agree, Grant, I think you said, I refuse to believe that this was a wasted year for students or, yeah. or whatever. I, I'm paraphrasing what you said. Um, yeah. I, I think it, it wasn't. I, we've been in school five days a week, whether it was remote or in building. We've mm -hmm. been working um, with our children to learn that curriculum, those standards. We really focused on those major clusters of what we needed to focus on. Sure. Know, some of the other pieces might not have been covered, um, but those were the, you know, nice to knows, not the have to knows. 
And, you know, we are doing something that I think is going to be helpful in the future for next year, you know, thinking about some unfinished learning. Did, did schools have unfinished learning? Did we have unfinished learning? Yep, we did. There were things that we didn't start in the same place in the curriculum because we were out for March, April, May, and June of the previous year. Mm -hmm. And while we were just learning and figuring out how to be these remote teachers, we probably weren't the best teachers we could have been. I don't think the kids were the best students they could have been. There was a lot of anxiety, right? And sure. worry. Um, and sometimes there was access issues, right? We we have internet, but not for seven people to be on there at the same time. If mom and dad and the kids all have to be on, you know, there were issues with that. So as we figured out those pieces and we started the new year, we didn't start in the same place. And even though we focused on those major clusters of what we need to focus on, um, we didn't always have as much time as we wanted. Sure, sure. You know, there, there were different pieces. So I, I would say right now in, in our building, I'm feeling like we might be a month. Maybe we didn't finish. Like we maybe started three months behind. And I think we kind of were able to condense things to get to almost where we wanted to be at the end of a normal school year. Mm -hmm. so what do we do with that unfinished learning? Like, how do you capture that? And we've spent some time creating a document that kind of reflects what our report cards are. And we've asked the teachers to say, okay, compared to your previous year's experience, not just last year, but you know, your, your years in fourth grade, fifth grade, does this class in front of you, are they kind of the same? Are they lower or are they higher? So we're just kind of getting a feel for all of that. So sure. that information will go to next year's teachers. And then we're asking teachers to identify students who might need some extra learning mm -hmm. in some of those areas that they just didn't quite make it. So we're asking for names, not for any other use than, wow, the next year's teachers are going to be able to see by standard, by area of the report card, who are the students that have some unfinished learning in that previous grade level? And I listened to one of your podcasts just recently, the woman you had on about being a builder. Yes, Robin Jackson. Robin Jackson. And she, you know, really resonated with me as a leader thinking about, you know, leaders do this, right? Bosses do this and builders say, come on, we've already built this amazing thing and, and let's do it. So one of the things that I'm building next year or over the summer really is the idea that we are going to have what I need groups. So wing groups for about 45 minutes. And we are going to target those children who were put on those unfinished learning lists to say, Hey, we need, we need wing time in reading for these 20 kids. We need wing time in math. We need wing time in social studies, writing, um, and then resorting the children. If we're able to flex group, we are going to resort our kids for wing time. So that if I'm, if I'm a, passionate teacher about writing, I'm going to get those kids who have some unfinished learning and writing, and they're going to be my, they're going to be my people, right? For sure. the first six weeks of school. And, you know, and then switching it around as we get into the new year. Now, who are the new kids who might just maybe be struggling with some new content? So I think that that's going to be a really great solution, mm -hmm. building to everyone's strengths on what you love to teach, looking at what kids need to, to work on. I think we can mesh it all together and just find some more ways to make sure our kids get what they need. I think those are great ideas. I think those are just, I, I think, you know, 
and you wonder, like, would, would those ideas have resonated if we didn't have COVID, if we didn't have such a weird end of two school years now? We've ended two of them in just mm -hmm. very strange places, right? And, you, you know, I think, again, there, there's the silver lining that you call it, right? There's some, there's some great innovative ideas that, you know, we can we can use to 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 move kids forward. I I remember probably like six months ago, I saw a tweet, and I don't remember from who, but it was was somebody talking about um, Hurricane Katrina, right? And and they made the comment, they're like, you know, at, at the you know those those people were out of school for a year, right, oh. or longer, right, or longer. And and, and her, the comment from the person was, you know, there are still people who became doctors and lawyers and nurses and teachers and dentists and whomever that, that were affected by that. So, you know, yeah. A, yeah. A, a year of a crisis doesn't mean, right, that it's all over, right? right? And there are ways that we can do this work and that I'm sure that those those people that were affected learned some powerful things that year, just like kids all over the world, not just this country, but all over the world, learned a new way of doing school. Right. And, I, you know, I, I talk with international schools in my you know work as a consultant, and I have heard from them that they actually were teaching kids in eight different countries because they all got sent home to their home countries. They couldn't be in the international school together where they were, but they, the teachers had a passion for teaching. So there, there were some kids getting up at two in the morning and it might've been eight at night for others. It just depends on where they were and they were learning. They were all in, right? And so I think all of us have to reflect on what have we done? It's been amazing what we've done. And I don't think education would have been pushed to do this this quickly without the pandemic. So even though I don't like the pandemic, even though I had a student who said, Mrs. Fowler, I'm going to make a time machine and I'm going to go back and I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop COVID. And I said, hey, buddy, you know, chances are there's there's always going to be something else. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm going to go back and have the vaccine ahead of time. And then I'm just going to be ready to go with it. I was like, that's how you could have stopped it, right? Uh, that's clever. <laughs> he was thinking, he's like, I'm not going back, like backwards without something to fix it first. And I'm yeah. like, that's why you're going to be the future leader of America. And Mrs. Fowler is going to love that I don't have to run everything again. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, this isn't the only barrier we're going to face, right? There's going to be another major obstacle. It may not be to that level of COVID uh, that shuts everything down and, and completely disrupts the world for, for 15 months or longer, right? Because we're not done. We're not done. We're not, we're not done. done, right? Um, but yeah, I think... I think I hope we've learned that we can really rethink how we do things and you know education moves slowly but I think it's demonstrated that it can move quickly if it has to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that that's one thing we have learned, right? We right? we don't have to move slowly. We can see a need and respond right to it. So how does that translate into your everyday practice? Or even your every year practice. Like sometimes I've known schools who take a really long time to get going. And I'm like, you just got to jump in. Just try it. Just jump in. Whatever it okay. is, yep. you know, just just go. Because what, what I think we've realized is we have a lot more power, brain power, manpower, whatever power it is. 
that we could make it happen. We kind of turned on a dime, right? When COVID hit back in March, schools closed. We had to figure out how to be. And in our school district, we got two days of prep. And then we were like on camera. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, as, as we were sort of building that airplane and, and flying it and not crashing it into anything, we be, we learned how to become even more and more sophisticated in how we were getting those lessons. Just to the fact that how do you teach on a whiteboard, right? When you're, when you're on camera, how far away do you have to be? How big do you have to write? How, how loud do you have to talk? Um, we didn't know any of those things. You oh. know, we were a piece of paper with some mark and you can't really write on it. So, so we learned pretty quickly what tools we needed. And, and I do think that we can take a lot of, I don't know, praise or, or positivity from, we figured it out. We used our critical thinking skills. We used our problem skills and, and we want our kids to do that too. So I hope we led by example for some of our students. Absolutely. And so You know, I hope that in the coming year and years, we take all of that great learning and we rethink what what we do. Uh, And so every year we just continue to get better. And I hope it leads to grant. I hope hope that we get across grade levels learning. We haven't done that yet, right? We have Zoom. Why couldn't we Zoom into each other's classrooms? Wouldn't it be great to Zoom across other schools, other countries, other states, you know, we haven't even touched, I think, or scratched on that possibility yet, because we're just so busy with our own selves, right, our own our own little pods. But imagine what we could do if you and I said, hey, let's get our schools together, and let's do a book study across, you know, um, whatever, social studies, science, with our high le- readers, with maybe some of our low readers, you know, trying to find that high interest Imagine the possibilities. I, I just, I think there's a lot of places to go still. And what a great way to end this episode to think about, right? Let's not forget how incredibly powerful things like Zoom are. And, you know, there was a moment when we had to be absolutely reliant on it because it was the only way we could teach. But think about the unlimited power, right, of, uh, of, of that and connecting classrooms and schools together. I think that is a gr- that's a great idea. And I hope that a year from now that we will have be able to talk about some solid examples of how we've done that, right? Cross-curricularly, cross-grade level, cross-district building, country, international. Look you how know. many experts you could bring in, right? Hey, I can't travel there, but can you be on Zoom with me for 10 minutes? Yeah. Right? Or can yeah. you talk to our class? I love it. So those endless possibilities, right? We're always saying, how do we build lifelong learners? And how do we be lifelong learners? And, and I think this pandemic has shown us that we can learn. We, we still need to keep learning and we don't have to close any doors. There's a lot of possibilities. And what a great way to end this episode. Thank you, Candy Fowler. Have a great summer. Oh, you too. And everyone out there, enjoy. Regenerate your bodies, your minds, and your souls because we're doing it again back in August. Right. 21-22 is just around the corner. And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. 
If you have something you'd like to share or a teaching or leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at onlineacademy at ourstudentsmatter.org and we'll add that to our lineup. Together, our goal is to continuously expand our own leadership and instructional expertise and to prove to each student that his or her life is of immense and irreplaceable value. This is hard work, but it is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we can do this.